fact, the movie Late Night, written by Mindy Kaling, directed by Nisha Ganatri, sold for $15 million. <laughs> fact, the movie, uh, Lulu Wang's movie, written and directed by an Asian woman, sold A24, $7 million. <laughs> In fact, Gurinder Chadha's movie, another Asian woman, written and directed by her, uh, Blinded by the Light, sold for $13 million. Okay. Fact, Richie Maida's series, Delhi Crime Story, sold to Netflix. I don't think they like to share the numbers, but we know that it's not a small amount. You know, another. So, it, this, is, this is incredible. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Asia Abridged, where we present the best moments from Asia Society programs in 15 minutes or less. I'm Michelle Florcruz. That was Hollywood producer Janet Yang discussing major projects by Asian talent that sold at this year's Sundance Film Festival. On this episode, we're coming to you from the festival in Park City, Utah, where Asia Society Southern California and Asia Society Northern California jointly hosted a panel discussion. Panelists examined the ongoing impact of last year's blockbuster hit, Crazy Rich Asians, on Asian and Asian-American storytelling and the direction Hollywood is going when it comes to diversity. Not long ago, a movie like Crazy Rich Asians was seen as a risky bet by Hollywood execs. But a more diverse, engaged, and outspoken movie-going population has demanded to see more stories on screen just as diverse as they are. And Hollywood is starting to listen. Writer, actor, and director Justin Chan was at the festival screening his new film, Ms. Purple, which partially relied on crowdfunding via Kickstarter. He's hopeful that Crazy Rich Asians' success will translate into easier access to funds for projects driven by Asian characters. I feel really excited because uh, of Crazy Rich Asians. Like, very, very, very excited because, <clears throat> yes, we did make this film before, the release of that film, um, and you know, at the time, no one knew how it was going to do. Now, being on the other side of it, you know, it's so exciting because maybe I'll get some money for my next film. You know, <laughs> maybe finally, like someone will give me some money to make something. Richie Maida, writer and director of the upcoming Netflix series *Delhi Crime Story*, can feel a groundswell of interest and financial support from production companies for stories that spotlight Asian voices. Golden Caravan. Um, made up of American and Indian producers, and another company called Ivanhoe Pictures, which produced Crazy Rich Asians. So this is all related. Um, and you will not find a sub subject or thematic correlation between Crazy Rich Asians and what I'm doing. Um, but, but the market is bringing this kind of thing together. It's a very interesting time. Um, and this was a first season of a series, completely financed as an anthology, uh, that I was lucky enough to write and direct. Um, and these producers put in the money on the faith that they would be able to sell it after. Um, and they did this uh, a year and a half ago. Um, and, you know, two days ago the market said yes. I remember it was the one of the premier screenings of Slumdog Millionaire. And I remember 20 minutes into it, and we were, we were, I was in awe. We were in awe. Everyone was in awe. And I was like, I cannot, I, we are beholding something because it is a Hindi language film that everyone in this audience is completely entranced by. 
And I think what happened with that movie was it was the it was the it was one of the first tremors in this thing. I think now this is like the eruption. Writer and director Lulu Wang discusses the public response to her film, The Farewell, that premiered at the festival. The Farewell follows a Chinese-American woman who returns to her hometown in China with her family where they learn their grandmother is terminally ill. You know, like walking down the street when I, we have these hats that say The Farewell, and people will run up to me, non-Chinese, non-Asian people, will run up and be like, I saw my grandma on that. That's exactly like my relationship with my grandmother. Or, you know, that oh, the mother in there is just like my mother. And it's really incredible, because if you think about it, we've been spending our entire lives seeing ourselves in white people, uh, non-Asian people, you know, and yes, and we identify. We go, oh, yeah, like, I, you know, whoever your person is, uh, whether you watch Saved by the Bell or Full House, yeah. and, like, friends, who who are you? Are you a Monica or, you know, or Jennifer Aniston, whatever, Rachel? Um, and so it's just, like, this really transforming moment when someone says, you know, I see myself in that, and you go, of course, why not, right? Because it isn't about the optics. It's about, like, the human experience, and you connect with that character because of the their personality or their journey that they're on, the choices that they make, uh, the dynamic that they have. And so I'm very optimistic, and I hope that there's more and more of that, that we can see ourselves in uh, characters from wherever in all different walks of life. One of Crazy Rich Asians' most important legacies is to set a precedent for budding Asian and Asian-American talent to point to in an often ruthless industry. The visibility of successful role models in the industry was something that Wong found a lot of comfort in while trying to break into filmmaking herself. And that's why I think the visibility is so important. And however it means, I think every project is different. Uh, and w where you, you know, who who you partner with to bring the, the project into the world. But for me, I think for all of us, like the visibility is so important because when I was struggling, when I was in my like lowest low points. My mom would just say to me, and I thought about quitting, my mom would say, you know, there's Ang Lee. Ang Lee didn't make his first film until his 30s, and you're way younger than that, and if he can do it, you can do it too. And there was, for her, that was it. That was the one person that she could name, but what if he wasn't around? What if she didn't have that person, right? Like, wh where would she turn to look to? And so... The, our voices and the visibility is important because all of your parents, everyone's parents out there might be like, that little girl that looks like my daughter like is up there doing this. And, uh, and she's small, but she has a big voice, and so you can do it too. Thanks for listening to this episode of Asia Abridged. If you'd like to hear more, you can check out our show page at asiasociety.org slash podcast, and you can subscribe to Asia Abridged on iTunes and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Asia Society. Until next time, this is Michelle Florcruz. <laughs>